Hello, everyone. This is Celine, and I'm Adele. Welcome to the Anna Podcast with your host, our mom. She amplifies women by sharing their unique stories to empower a community through the mission and their message. This month's series is a feature on motherhood, and we, we are, are happy, happy to, to introduce, introduce our mom, Sarah Johnson. What a gift to be the mother of those two, and to have their help in bringing the incredible stories to you this month is so special. This series is full of tender, complex stories of women who have seen challenge and demonstrated incredible strength and resilience. Becoming a mother, sustaining life as one, and pivoting through life's gains and losses in that space is a personal yet surprisingly universal journey. The women who have chosen to share their stories with you this month do so with wisdom, hope, and such love it makes my heart ache and soar simultaneously. Each story feels sacred, and amplifying them for you is a true honor. Our series kickoff will stun you with her wisdom. Veteran school counselor Barbara Gruner had the pleasure of working with kids from every age and stage pre-K through 12th during her 34 years in public education. Author of the blog, The Corner on Character, and the book, What's Under Your Cape, Superheroes of the Character Kind, Barbara enjoys positively influencing change through her inspirational keynotes and interactive workshops. When she's not working, you can bet Barbara is busy knitting, baking, writing, reading, walking, gardening, napping, or spending time with her husband and their three children. Wonderfully, awe is Barbara's one word for 2019. And through her story, we learn how critical it is to be a model, even in our most challenging times, to see where we can be grateful, learn to lean on others to receive their service in our times of struggle, and other incredible wisdom, golden nuggets. I am in awe of Barbara Gruner. And know you will be, no doubt, as well. Welcome to Barbara Gruner's Motherhood Story. I am so excited to have Barbara Gruner on the In Awe podcast today on our series feature of motherhood. Welcome, Barbara, to the In Awe podcast. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be with you today and and equally excited to share that awe is my one word for this year. So that's kind of how we made that connection, huh? And how exceptional is that? Because, uh, you know, it's obviously a common word, but not one that you see often in regard to a one word. So did you want to share at all with that about the listeners in terms of how you came to that? I think I wanted to start finding things intentionally that brought me awe and wonder. I was leaving the classroom after 34 years and it made me kind of nervous because the kids always brought me awe. And I thought, in this encore career, what's going to bring me awe? Almost at the same time, we became empty nesters. So looking for that awe when it's not right there in your lap or in your orbit was something that I felt like this year I need to intentionally do. Now listeners already are in awe of you and know exactly why you are being featured on this podcast. (laughs) So Barbara, would you do me a favor and just help the listeners to know a little bit about your current context of, you know, what you're up to in this, what you called Encore Career? Yes, I decided to leave um, public education after 34 years, as I said, and decided that I would kind of continue a little bit. It's not really a book tour, but um, promoting the message of my book, What's Under Your Cape, along with helping to infuse social and emotional learning skills and core values into other schools. Um, We had a national school of character down here in Friendswood, Texas, and it was really just such a beautiful place for children to thrive. So the way I described it to the children when I had to say goodbye, which was so, so incredibly painful, is that 
I want every school in America and and beyond, if anybody wants to have me, um, to to experience what those children felt with relationships and um, emotional literacy and um, SEL skills right here in Friendswood. So I kind of left my comfort cocoon and I am now freelancing along with some writing and speaking for Character Strong, which is an organization, I'm just three years old, um, that is also putting out the message that relationships matter and that we can make kindness the norm instead of just something that we, you know, slap up in our halls and on our walls and do once a, once a week or every you know, occasionally um, celebrating it, but but to do it always, like to make it part of the culture and climate of the school building. A couple of things that I loved from what you said. First of all, you live in Friendswood, Texas, which is just super fun in terms of how your message aligns. I feel like that was serendipitous. Um, but also just that you talk about this idea of building in other school learning communities, what you were able to foster in your own. And what a beautiful life message that you get to now herald after doing this work for 34 years. That's an incredible, incredible journey that you've been on, Barbara. It's funny because if kids see me now, they'll be like, do you like your new school? And so I have to kind of clarify, like, friends, I am not like in any just one school right now. But let me tell you about the school in Iowa that got my message last week. Or, you know, I'm actually carrying what they taught me forward. And so to be able to give it back to them and say, hey, remember when we did this? I took that lesson to Wisconsin and I got to talk to 80 school counselors. And think about if each of them has 500 students, how the seeds of, you know, inspiration and joy that we worked on um, cultivating together at Westwood and then at Bales, they're just growing exponentially as people invite me to come and share what I know. That's awesome. And just even listening to you and your tone makes me smile because you're being featured on the Motherhood series and you just speak in a way that brings this calm climate to the conversation. And I love hearing how you would speak to your students and just the tone that you would use. Would you like to share a little bit, Barbara, with the listeners about your motherhood story and why you might be featured on this series. I would. Um, it, it, they are my pride and joy. My husband, John, and I have been married for 27 years and we started late. He proposed on his 30th birthday and we got married on my 30th birthday. So we were a little late to the game and um, we were just hopeful that we could raise children together. Um, as an aside, I kind of picked him because I knew he would be a good dad. I don't know if that's how people pick their partners, but um, that was really important to me that I would have somebody that could um, nurture and grow some like really valuable citizens, like we're replacing ourselves, right? And so he wanted four and I wanted two. And so we ended up with three. <laughs> and um, our Caitlin, our little girl was born um, when we were 32. So again, a little bit late to the game. And then Jacob was born a year and a half later. And then Joshua didn't come along until we were 38. And in fact, at one point, someone even asked me if he was my grandbaby. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Not unless Caitlin had him at 12. <laughs> I'm thinking 38 as a grandma. Come on. <laughs> Society is so interesting. Well, I know, right? We were blessed with children, but I had been a secondary educator. So I didn't really know a lot about ages and stages. And we had a lot to learn because 
I got them in school as teenagers. And now I had babysat so much. I At first, I kept waiting for their mom to come pick them up because <laughs> I, I would always babysit and then give them back and I would house sit. And I knew I always loved children and wanted children, but we just had so much to learn about having our own, especially since we had spent our 20s just, you know, free birds and running around and traveling and volleyball leagues and doing whatever we wanted to. And suddenly we had these little humans that we were responsible for. But today I'm happy to say that they are 26, 25, and 20. So, you know, fast forward a quarter of a century and, and we're so proud of them and who they're becoming. And, and, and we think, you know, with everything we did wrong, we think we got it right because they are, um, they're good people, you know, they're, they're kind and they're strong and they're thoughtful and they're the kind of people that you want people to be. Mm. And what a beautiful thing for them to hear their mother say about them, Barbara, that's beautiful for you to speak on or into their world like that. One thing that I know about you just from our quick connections that we've had in the pre-chat is that you seem to have come through some pretty heavy um, issues and show some resilience. And I'm thinking how many of us that are listening are thinking, man, you started the motherhood journey at 30. And, you know, anybody who's been through that experience understands how exhausting that truly can be. And let's just give a little you know, shout out to the mamas that are in those moments right now that you're talking about where you're like, who's coming to pick up this kid? Like, <laughs> seriously, I haven't slept mm -hmm. in, in months. Yes. Uh, but I just think about that and think about um, the level of resilience that you would have to be able to not only continue working and, and showing your passion and, and having these beautiful children in that stage of life with your own you know body physically. But then I know that you also have been through a pretty significant situation just fairly recently to come back. Would you like to share just a little bit about that experience that you had um, and also how that impacted your motherhood and your children with that, Barbara? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, six years ago, I was on my way to get Joshua from a from the school, from the junior high for a dentist appointment. And if you know anything about dentist appointments, they can be hard to come by. And so I had left school a little bit early and we were doing four o'clock and John and I always would trade off, but it was, it was just my turn. And it was three oh nine in the afternoon when I was crossing a bridge on my way to get Joshua and, and to meet briefly with the junior high counselors when a car was, I could see swerving into my lane, but I was on a bridge. So I really couldn't go anywhere. And so this car ends up hitting me head on and um, broke my ankle, broke my wrist. My, you know, my knee came through my skin. I mean, it was really, it was pretty bad. And um, Joshua, again, eighth grade, Jacob was a senior school was about to dismiss. And so, you know, he goes around the accident, not knowing it's me. And although he eventually learned it was me, because when I came to, I, I did pass out after I got that lady out of her car. And then I said, okay, you're going to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to help yourself here because I'm about to pass out. And when I came to, they said, ma'am, do you know what time it is? And I said, oh no, do you know what day it is? And I said, it's Thursday. Do you know what time it is? And he said, it's 321, ma'am. And I said, okay, you guys need to hurry because I have got a four o'clock dentist appointment and we cannot miss. <laughs> so, I am laying on sunset broken. And all I can think about is 
I am on duty, mom duty, and I have got to get this um, kid to his dentist appointment. I'm sorry, ma'am, you're not going anywhere for except to the hospital. So I said, then can you get my cell phone out of my car? Because we have to call my husband because then he's going to get he's going to get there. And I'm here to tell you, he got my son and, and they made that appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and mothers will stop at nothing to get their kids teeth clean. But <laughs> what resulted, I know, right? That's the crazy part of that story. This this young mom was on her way to get her child um, from school, 0.324. So like four times the legal limit. And if you let that soak in and you think about the moms and, and what's on their plates and how they may or may not cope in healthy ways and how thankful I was that a little a second grader was not in that car to experience the trauma that I ended up going through just you know your life flashes before your before your eyes when you see a car coming at you head on that you are powerless to avoid and um and I thought for a while it stole my joy I thought for a while my joy might not come back because when your amygdala is traumatized like that it, it starts to have a mind of its own and that startle response and that out-of-body experience and 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 my sons were so tired of the word recovery and not in a selfish way, but I got to tell you, it took away the rest of eighth grade for Joshua and the rest of senior year for Jacob and things that I could no longer do with or for them because I laid broken on a couch trying to to understand what happened and and be grateful and find the blessing, find the blessing in the burden, find the blessing, look for the blessing. And I couldn't find the blessing and I couldn't find my joy. And then my daughter posted, please don't ever drink and drive. And so she took to social media with the picture of the van. And so it gave her a voice and all the things that, you know, it took to bounce back and trauma therapy and and accepting rides from people because A, you don't have a car and B, you can't drive with a you know, boot on your ankle and a and a cast on your wrist and PT and trauma therapy and OT. And I was on the clock. So I got stuck in a broken workman's comp system. And oh, 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 so much, so much bad. But here's what here's what had to happen. I had to learn to forgive someone who wasn't going to apologize. And then I had to model that to my kids because they had to forgive as well because she took a lot of stuff away from them. Like my son Josh, my son Jacob was going to a to an interview for a scholarship that Martin Luther King Day, and I I couldn't go. I couldn't be there to support him because I couldn't even sit up. I couldn't even sit myself up in the bed in the morning. John had to literally like lift me up. If you've ever had whiplash or that muscle contraction thing that happens when you're bracing for an impact, you know what I mean. And it's painful and, and, and hard. And it was a dark and difficult time. But because I think I was able to forgive and not overnight, like years, <laughs> two, three, four years, like when I was able to finally forgive and what a, what a model for the kids. You, you have to be able to, because if you hold on, 
This is the quote I heard, and I know it's going to sound like a poster on the wall. If you don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I've just been sitting here hoping that you wouldn't stop too quickly while my emotions were (laughs) swirling listening to the details of your story, Barbara, because any one of us can picture ourselves in the situation and you just do this beautiful job of you know, painting the image so that we can actually visualize what you're, what you were going through. And a couple of the pieces that stuck out uh, were that you not only, you know, were hit in this situation, but you got out and helped the other person. And then to come to this kind of crazy scenario where it's another mom going to pick up her kid, just as you were in a very different state of mind, state of life situation. I just value so much that you are telling this story on this podcast years later in a way that gives such grace to that mom, you know, that you led out with the idea that she was coping not well and that you being in that spot helped a child from not being in that spot. And it's just so hard to consider how our lives can change on the spin of a dime and that this came out better than it could have being that you were in a head-on collision. But just all of that detail that you share that your family had to, to come back through is just so valuable. So I want to thank you for really reaching in and doing that for our listeners to hear your story. It's incredible, really. Yeah. Thank you for for listening to that. You know, it's weird. I'm going to say it was selfish to get out of the car and go check on her because my first thought was, I think I've killed this lady. And like, like, you can't make sense of it. Shock is a beautiful thing. But I know I dragged myself out. The passenger seat went up and over a guardrail. I am tapping on her window and all I see is her head in an airbag. And, and I'm like, I'm tapping on the window. Um, excuse me. Hello. You know what? Your car's on smoking. I've seen this. I've seen this not go well in the movies. Hello. You need to come out. And then I'm like, um, excuse me. I'm coming in now. And I'm thinking like, I'm on sunset asking permission, but because you don't know, like you're so like shocked and traumatized. And all I could see was these vehicles could go up in fire. And this, like, I didn't even know the story. I didn't even know why she hit me. Like something malfunctioned until they put us both in the same ambulance. I did not know what happened, how it happened, why it happened. But then, you know, to kind of to hear her rage a little bit, because it occurred to me then that she was on something, that something wasn't right. And um, and and it was not really a a good like, mm -mm, no, not so good. Well, and, you know, it's really kind of interesting to consider it from this angle where you share this idea, you know, your whole kind of message alignment is character speaks. And what a what a lesson that you were a really challenging lesson, uh, several, obviously, that you were gifted with from this one experience. And I just thinking about what you were saying about being the mom and the things you were taken from you to be able to do that in a wholehearted, whole body, whole spiritual way is really just 
it's hard to listen to. And yet it's so instructive for us because I even come off the, you know, the frenetic pace of the day where I'm getting my children ready for their, you know, their mundane day and just how quickly that can change and how grateful we can all be for the fact that, yeah, I can, I can physically make these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or ham or whatever (laughs) for the kids that are in elementary age right now. And it's not a big deal. And we just tend to take for granted the little things that we do every day that set a tone for our kids. But I just really, really think it's uh, no wonder you wrote a book called What's Under Your Cape. And I want you to be able to chat just a little bit about that so the listeners can come to it um, and that I can learn a little bit more about it. But I just think about that because with our kids, um, being able to instruct them and mentor and guide them when our life is just disrupted um, and being able to show that compassion and that character and that forgiveness. And like you said, just trying to find that joy. It's not always easy to do, but you realize that it is a calling. It's something that we need to do. And yet, how do you do that when you're broken? Right. And it's not, it's more than happiness, right? That joy piece, like happiness is so fleeting, right? But that joy can always be there. Um, another thing I don't want to dismiss is the gift of receiving. I did not receive well. And for those moms that are listening, who are caregivers, I know, I know this is you. You're running around and you will be the first one to show up with a casserole when somebody needs some help. But I'm telling you, when these people asked, can we make a calendar for you and bring you casseroles? I'm like, no, 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 no. We are fine. We have got this, but thank you so much. That's so sweet. And um, this happened on a Thursday. And interestingly enough, my one word that year was gratitude gratitude in all things. So I am in the ambulance going, hey, Antonio, the guy who's trying to keep me from passing out so he doesn't have to IV me. You want to hear something funny? My one word this year, it's gratitude in all things. I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be grateful right now for. So tell me a little bit about yourself so I can be grateful for you. (laughs) And I'm trying to, you know, because I usually use humor as a resilience. So that happens on a Thursday. So by Sunday, we have tickets to the theater, which of course I can't go to. And it's um, Dvorak's number nine, symphony number nine. It was the symphony actually. And we're going with Jacob, who's a senior who just played it as part of his music for his senior um, band show. And he had a solo and his girlfriend danced the solo. So we were taking them and we were going to experience the music and I couldn't go. My friend Margaret brought a car because we had no car. She said, you can use the car. What can I do for you while they're gone? And I said, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I need a hair wash. Because like, remember, I couldn't move, right? The whiplash was Mm -hmm. so bad. And so she said, oh yeah, okay, I'll let Bill can take me home and I'll, I'll come back and, and I'll give you a hair wash. And so the kids went off with John to the theater. Someone took my ticket and then Margaret went away and I started freaking out like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. I just asked Margaret to wash my hair. That's so gross. That's so weird. And you know, in the elementary school, you think lice right away. And of course I didn't have lice, but in my head, I couldn't receive gifts yet. I didn't know about, I didn't do that well. I tell you what, I crawled off of that couch. I crawled to my kitchen sink. I do not even know how I lifted myself up because keep in mind, I'm broken in three places, physically and emotionally, even more. And I washed my own hair that day because I so panicked at the thought of letting a friend wash my hair. I, it's going to sound weird. I'm sorry. That's It is what it is. I have learned. I have learned a lot in six years. But friends, 
if you ever need a hair wash, please let them wash their hair. Because what I learned is like that was batting away a gift that Margaret wanted to give me. And I batted it away like so disrespectfully. And I didn't mean to, but I didn't know. Let them wash your hair. That sounds like a beautiful title. Um, And again, Great example. And thank you for instructing us on this, Barbara, because we are, if especially the moms, you get into the space of being the one just to take care of everybody and you don't get used to having others take care of you. So just this concept that you couch in terms of being able to receive the gifts is so critical and yet a hard one. But hopefully if our listeners are tuned in here um, and they ever face that or they're in the middle of a challenge, that that message landed where it needed to or to open up to receive because uh, that what that one is really hard, accepting help from others. But when you reframe it like that, like, like you're batting away their gift, it, that was never my intention to bat away anybody's gift. And in that brokenness, I started learning to receive those gifts better. That is a high level of wisdom. And I thank you so much for sharing that piece. So Barbara, when you wrote um, What's Under Your Cape, what was your what was your goal for that book? And I know you said you're not really doing a book tour, but <laughs> that's kind of your emphasis now. Do you want to share a little bit about that message? Yes, that October after the accident, I actually went to um, Washington, D.C. to do a session called um, Character is Our Superpower. And there was um, an um, editor and publisher in the audience. And afterwards, she said, why don't you have a book? And it was interesting because for 10 years, people had said, you need to write a book. And I'm like, oh, I'm giving it away for free on at the corner on Character. I don't know. There's 1500 blog posts there. Just go, you know, read what you want to. And then you don't have to buy a book. Now you don't have to spend any money. But Marion Nelson, who had published the bucket filling books, she was the one who said to me, that's a different venue and a different market. And if you could just put some of those stories along with some new um, wisdom that you've learned and, and could impart, we could have a really nice little guidebook of stories and strategies that could help um, really magnify what I was doing in workshops, which was focusing on strengths as superpowers. And so I sat down that, um, that, that fall, the fall of 2013. And by it just, it just came out. It just came out by New Year's Eve. I had sent that draft to her editor, our editor, and, and the release date was May 31st of the very next year. So now it's been out since May of 2014. And we're in our second printing. And it's possible I've given away as many as I've sold because I did not write the book to make money. I really wrote the book at Marion's urging because there was going to be a market of people who might want to use some of the things that I used with kids at our National School of Character to plant seeds of inspiration and growth in their character building. And that is a really beautiful message. And I hope the listeners... um, We'll follow up with that. We'll go ahead and link where they could find a copy of that in the show notes, Barbara. Um, And 
you know, Thank when you, you share a little bit about your speaking and all of that, I'm also curious because we're on the series of motherhood and you've been speaking for a while. Do you want to share any um, either successes or challenges that you've had as being a full-time working mom and one who's traveled for her work um, before? Do you have any tips or tricks or strategies or just, you know, opportunities for us to feel some permission to be okay with being away from our kids? <laughs> Yeah, that one is super hard because I always I always couldn't wait to get home and I was working full time. And sometimes after I put those kids in bed, I would go back to school because I was trying to share the school story because I had heard if you don't, um, you know, brand your school, someone's going to brand it for you. And I'm like, no, I want to share the amazing things we're doing. And so I was spread way too thin until I really started digging into mindfulness and trying to be in the moment with my kids kids and be where your feet are is just one of my favorite mindfulness mantras. And now I've said it so much that if I'm filming a mindfulness moment, my son Jacob will say, mom, if you're filming a mindfulness moment for your next talk, are you really where your feet are in the moment right now? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing when your kids come back and challenge you know, what you're saying so that your words align with your walk. Um, one of our biggest challenges with Jacob was um, retaining him, replacing him in second grade because we started him at four in kindergarten. Again, I was secondary, so I didn't really know about ages and stages and and giving him that second year in second grade so that his age could catch up with his social development, which with his peers that was so hard. Oh my gosh, that was so, so hard. But giving kids what they need, the whole idea of equity, even amongst the siblings, not trying to make everything equal, but giving them what they need when they need it. So key for meeting, for meeting them where they are and valuing each and every one as a different child, even though you and your husband may be the same two people having them. They're all different. They're all unique. And being in the moment with them, even if you have to travel or work full time, the time you have with them, so precious to not be wasting it on a screen. We do a lot of board games. We play canasta. We play cards. We put puzzles together. We love to camp and hike and, and be outdoors as we have a pool. We love to play in the pool, like to be in the moment with those kids because you can't get those moments back. Really great words of advice there. And just love the image that your, um, you know, your child has seen you walk this journey for longer than anyone else has because they're right there and to be able to say hey you're not really doing the mindfulness thing it's and it's tough you know we get that because um same thing we're having the moment we want to be able to impact others to have those same moments and so now we have social media and we have um everything else that kind of archives that and catalogs it but what a great point uh, uh, that your son made so thanks for sharing that with us I'd also like to get to some of the, the standard questions that I asked, Barbara. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom as a mother um, and just as a high-level influencer to so many other mothers' children in your career, Barbara. It's a really beautiful legacy that you've led. And so I'm curious, if you had an opportunity to write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what is it that you think you would say? Well, I always think if I could just go back and hold their little hands a little bit longer, um, we were not those people who filmed everything. Uh, we didn't have a VCR. We didn't have smartphones back then. Every once in a while, somebody 
filmed something for us and it's so fun to go back. And I know going back isn't like, you know, the best practice in life, but just remembering, not not yearning or longing, but just remembering, uh, I would say be in the moment, the growth mindset piece too, you know, not praising like, oh, baby, you're so smart, but really focusing on on their hard work and what they bring to the table and, and that mistakes are okay. I didn't always tell my kids that mistakes were okay. Um, and one of, one of the times it was second grade with Caitlin and we had to do, well, I say we, it was her homework, but we, you know, we worked on it all together and it was to um, feature somebody and, and she picked a gymnast and, and we, she, we we worked really hard on that and when it was and when it was um posted at um open house they all had hundreds and i remember thinking wait a minute how did they all get hundreds look at this one it's so sloppy how did they all get a-? and then i had to stop myself and go what like no the grade is not the important thing the process, like what she learned is the important thing. So I would totally be letting go of, you know, grades and, and GPA and all of that, all of that SAT stuff. And, you know, the stuff you have to do just to get into the program, what you want, you know, do what you have to do. But man, if, if I always told Kate, if you're not kind, all of those smarts, they don't really matter. I mean, we don't want scary smart kids, right? So I would say nurture that kindness and that compassion and that empathy. Talk with them about empathy. Point out how other people are feeling. You know, foster their emotional literacy because you can't get those formative years back. And 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 character is that habit that they're forming every single day based on what they saw you do and how they saw you living. And so, you know, if you're living love and you're choosing joy and you're celebrating mistakes instead of ruminating and all that negative self-talk has to go away, which I'm still working on every single day. The modeling piece, they're watching you even when you're not aware that they are, but not for perfection, just for growth. Just have them watch you be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. And it's all good. Mm. What a beautiful statement. I love that. And Barbara, you know, we get caught up in our titles. Uh, We have a lot of them. And, you know, as we lay around blessings that we tend to get a little bit lost in them. So just going back to you as a person a little bit, I'd like to know a lesson um, about being an influential woman that might inspire others that are listening to help them keep going if they find themselves in the pit of doubt or fear and need to hear your voice right now, what would you say? Probably get back up, but don't do it alone. You know what? Again, let's go back to Margaret. Let somebody wash your hair. Reach out, be vulnerable, trust, ask for help. We get in so much trouble when we go it alone. And I get this from my husband who works at NASA. There's this thing called a single point of failure. And at NASA, you can never have a single point of failure because there's a lot at stake. They are putting 
well, trying to put people back on the moon. It's been a while, but we're, but we're headed that direction, we hope. And, and they would never do, they would never allow a single point of failure. And so why do we allow a single point of failure in our lives and, and, and with our children, our most precious resource? You know, it's even like just putting one school counselor in a school. No, it would be so great if you could have two at the very least, you know, get that school counselor down the road and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. How can you help me? And so for, for any woman who needs that booster shot of inspiration, find that person, that one caring attachment that you have and let them know you're struggling. Be vulnerable because out of vulnerability will come strength. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. It might even take a while, but it will come if you trust the process and allow your tribe to lift you up. Mm. Wonderful. And that is what our mission on this podcast is to build a community to empower both, you know, one another and ourselves. So what a great message. Great, great message. Thank you. All right, Barbara, I'd like to get some inspiring recommendations from you. So if we could do this, how about a person on social media that we should follow and connect with? I think Bethany Hill. She is a principal in Cabot, Arkansas, and she started the Joyful Leaders hashtag um, movement with two of her friends. And I find everything that I'm drawn to has Bethany Hill's touch on it somehow. And she is just someone I'm so eager to meet one day. And I aspire to be like her. (laughs) I will (laughs) echo that. Bethany is just a ray of sunlight and so impactful. So I agree with that. How about a book recommendation? I don't want you to miss Unselfie by Dr. Michelle Borba. Michelle is my empathy hero. She and I have made friends through our connection at the um, character.org. She's on the board and I've been a NSOC um, site visitor for them after we earned that distinction in 09 National School of Character. And Michelle did a decade of research, Dr. Borba, on empathy. And she gives so many actionable ways to um, our selfie-absorbed society, to turn it around and say, what if we focused on we instead of me? Again, echoing the advice that I would give to, to the women to equip and empower and not go it alone. So going from me to we and building empathy in children as we cultivate and nurture it in ourselves exceptionally impactful text. So we will link that one. It's been recommended before on this podcast, I believe Jessica Cabine. And um, that's one that if you haven't read, prioritize it. It's a great one. Yes. So I would like, uh, Barbara, for you to have a chance to just share the best way for our listeners to connect with you. Obviously, have a wide ranging network and I will link anything that we can in the show notes. But if you'd like to just let them know if they want to engage with you more than just (laughs) listen to your podcast, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, thank you. I blog over at the Corner on Character, corneroncharacter.com. Um, been doing that since 2011. So it's all linked by trait. If you want something on empathy, link, you know, search the box empathy and boom, you will just have as much as you could ever process or want to adapt or, or springboard or, or dovetail on empathy and then go for it. Empathy is a big topic for me. Hope. I want everybody to be a hope dealer, um, <laughs> compassion, kindness, those sorts of things. 
on Twitter at Barbara Garuner, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-G-R-U-E-N-E-R. I do have a podcast called Character Speaks. It's relatively new, but we do have 26 amazing episodes from season one, and we're about to kick off season two. It's available on iTunes. Again, it's called Character Speaks. Um, that's probably about, oh, Facebook. My book has a page. What's under your cape has a Facebook page and you can buy the book, um, amazon.com. But if you look for the what's under your cape sale, um, I will sign it and send it to you from my house. So you can buy it that way or, or buy something used. Most of the books I give out are signed as well. Well, that is awesome. And I will make sure that the listeners can contact you easily from the show notes. Barbara, I am so grateful that you've taken time out of your schedule of this really impactful work that you're doing for our world. I know that the social emotional focus that you have has made a difference, not only with people around you, but it gets out there, your messages. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to share your specific motherhood story with us today because it's an angle on you that is so important and impactful. And I know that I've gained so much just from listening to you today. Thank you, Sarah. I love meeting with like-minded and like-hearted and like-spirited people. And it has just been a joy for me to connect with you. I am so eager to hear other awe in awe episodes. I've listened to a few and you are doing incredible work in your encore career, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for the inspiring interview. Take care. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.